Welcome to the Ethos Podcast, where we chat about customer engagement and the emerging technology that powers it. My name is Matias Marquez, and I'm the CEO of Ethos, a company that's on a mission to elevate engagement for brands and their customers. In this episode, I have the pleasure of chatting with Brianne Coates, who leads digital strategy for Mars. During our chat, we discuss the leading work Mars is doing and how they're delivering new experiences for customers. We also discuss their recent Juicyverse campaign, which won a brand experience award. I hope you enjoy. Breezy, thanks for joining us. Really excited to have you on. How are you doing today? It's great to be here. It's an exciting topic to talk about and who better than you? Awesome. Thank you for that. Well, why don't we start um, with your with your story? I, I know it's your professional journey is an exciting one and maybe we can start there. So just tell us a little bit about you. Happy to. Let's keep it short and sweet. I started my career at the United Nations working on foreign policy eventually transitioned into technology at Google, and I have the great joy and honor now to apply both the world where humanity intersects, te- intersects technology here at Mars. And I'm on the confectionery side, so it's a fun place to be, especially right now as we're coming into the holidays. I love that, and technology intersecting humanity. And, you know, I get maybe teased sometimes, but I, I think brands have more of an impact than people will admit. I think I think that is right. I think part of our humanity are the brands that we connect with and, and the, the brands we associate ourselves with. So really, really excited. And, and so tell us about your your, 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 your work with Mars and, and, and Starburst and, and the activations and, 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 and your, t- your time you're, you're doing with uh, Starburst. Mars is a great place to be. Starburst is such a fun brand and the world knows it as being this chewy, juicy, fun candy that you can make things out of. So that was one of the impetuses of what can we do that is new and exciting for the brand. So let's go on a journey. It's 2020. It's the peak of the NFT craze. All brands are FOMOing into NFTs. Some of ours included, right? So there's conversations amongst the entire enterprise on what is this new technology? How can it be used by brands? Which of our brands makes sense? What does the world want to see from our brands and NFTs? So our team started having these smaller conversations about what's in budget, what should we do? What would be meaningful to society from from one of our CPG brands? And Starburst landed on an idea that we should do in-store displays with a QR code. And that QR code would then lead you to an NFT experience and the brand can help you mint something on chain. So at that point, I started to get involved, Matias, because when brands are showing up in an NFT space, it's important to do so with authenticity and utility and to ensure that the FOMO doesn't result in a negative experience for the consumer or the brand. So rather than FOMOing in, we took a pause to say what really makes sense here. Let's work through utility. Let's work through authenticity. Let's work through a potential partnership with the Web3 community. And because this is kind of the the peak of 2020 FOMOing craze, everybody wanted to reach out and and do something with the brand. So it was an amazing time to form relationships, not only with people like yourself, but with other communities, Doodles and Azuki and all of the other fun brands that still are alive and well today. Essentially where we landed was Starburst is known Starburst has a DMS, like most brands that we know. So how do we align the DMS of a really strong brand 
with something that is new and a little bit risky. And where we landed was let's help the brand inspire creativity in the world and help people learn about what NFTs are. So we started to create a metaverse experience with a partner known as Metaverse. They have a metaverse experience called The Mall. And as you come into the mall, the idea is that you have a beautiful metaverse experience that is a world first, actually. It's the first metaverse experience across all browsers. A Safari browser on your phone, to your tablet, to your laptop. One URL experience, same metaverse. So you enter in and you get to learn about how do you build a metaverse? How do you build digital art? How do you build 3D art? So that then you can take your passion and use your passion to create revenue for you, to create a life that is meaningful for you, to create a life that is inspired by something that a brand helped you learn. And of course, we pepper that experience in with all types of little Web3 experiences and games and tokenization and poaps and NFTs and all the things you and I know and love. And, and Breezy, you make it sound like so exciting and it is, and you also make it sound easy, but let me just back up and ask you a question. So how does a, a brand that's been around for so long, like catch it on time? Like how did you, how did, how did you and, and how did the team know this is something we want to do and, and how did you get the timing right? It's a really good question. I think that teams, the teams that do best, particularly within innovation, are the teams that trust themselves, are the teams that trust each other. Because you need all types of people on a team. You need the visionary. You need the people who can execute. You need the, the people who are a bit more risk adverse. And we certainly had that on Starburst. I happened to be the person that was pushing us forward in a way that makes sense for the brand. So how do we get the timing right? We followed our instincts. We had trust in each of our team members to ensure we were each participating and executing in the right way. And it happened to work out for us the best way that it possibly could. And, it, and it, this was in partnership also with, with the Metaverse team um, and our creative agency, um, the Mars agency. So all of us together really helped execute in partnership with our retailers as well, right? Because we had to bring Walmart along the journey with us. We had to bring Kroger along the journey with us, Target along the journey with us. So the retailers were equally excited. And as each of us talked about when the timing would be right for launching an in-store experience that could also live across the metaverse, it happened to land right where it was supposed to. You know, it's it's so great and, and it's such a great case study and it's such a great example for everybody. You know, and, and congratulations on the retail brand experience award because you absolutely deserve it because you know, again, you make it sound easy, right? But you're moving mountains and you're working with a brand that's been around for a long, long time. So, you know, from from folks in the industry, it is really great to see uh that type of work because I know it doesn't come easy. Like it's not like, you know, it's a it's not a brand that has just kind of started and you're willing to take risks. It's a established brand that has identified an opportunity and moved quick towards it. So that's what this space needs and, and it's just so great to see. Maybe just one more before we kind of dig into the, the juicy verse, maybe just one more question on, on how it came to be. 
And um, maybe just specifically because um, brands that we talk to, a, a lot of the brand leaders will say, hey, I'm excited about this, but I want to get support from, from the C-level suite and that type of thing. What was the process and would you give any advice on how to getting the kind of the senior leadership team on board for something like this as well? Absolutely. There's a lot of conversations and education that needs to happen within an organization in order to execute something like this. So the advice that I might give other brands as they're having those conversations with C-suite is to show three things. Number one, the future of the brand equity, the new people that we're reaching within Web3, what it means to reach them in Web3, and the relationships that you're building by doing so. The second thing is the new potential revenue streams through Web3, through NFT technology. It's important. NSV, sales, lift, velocity, all of that. That's important for a C-suite. And the third thing is the trust that we have assessed all of the risks. So if I'm someone talking to C-suite within an organization, I speak with clarity, with authority that we know what we're talking about, what the journey, the consumer journey will look like, the business journey, the sales value, the revenue value back to you, and the trust and the, the knowledge that we have looked at what the risks are and we are prepared to the extent that we can be prepared for things should they go awry. Yeah, it's, it's so great, right? Because you're translating this, this, these new experiences to kind of just traditional business things, right? Like these are all things that you would assess on any project or, 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 or anything the company would do. And I think you're, I think you're speaking the language um, to the right audience on both sides. So I think that's, that's really good advice. And thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Just going back to the juicy verse, um, can you tell us a little bit more about it? Because I know like it, it's a, you know, you scan a QR code, you get into this very immersive experience. It, it's a virtual mall, but it's more than that too, right? Because there's like, a, there was a scavenger hunt you guys were doing. Yeah. Could you just share kind of a couple more stories about it? Cause it, it is a, a really exciting uh, project. This is what I was most excited about, Matias. The idea was how can we make it more than just a beautiful, immersive experience? There's plenty of those that exist in the world. We really wanted this to be something that had utility for the world. So let's talk a little bit about that. As you land in the Juicyverse, there are multiple rooms that you can go in, of course. But each of those rooms result in a different reward or utility for you. The first place you could go is called the studio. And within the studio, it's meant to be an educational space where people who are interested in art, in design, in NFTs, in Web3 technology come and learn about how to build. We'll leverage the brand to teach you about this world so that it becomes less mystical, so that it becomes less foreign to you. We have builders within the studio so that you can build your own art. We have tutorials in the studio so that you can watch and learn. We have little screens that teach you about what is a PoApp, what is an NFT, what does it mean for your art, what does it mean for your design. So that not only can you learn how to design, but then you learn about how to put it on chain and you learn about what being on chain actually means. The brand is in our lives at some extent, right? We're all pretty much familiar with Starburst. So there's a relationship there with humanity, with consumers, with humans, and a level of trust. And we're extending that trust to say, because you're familiar with us, we want you to be familiar with the future of the world, the future of technology, so that that can benefit you. 
that that studio is really that creation and education space. And then you have fun things, right? Like there's music in there. And the music is Web3 artist streamed through Sound.xyz, which is a Web3 music streaming platform. So now you get to learn also about music and the advancements in music through NFT technology. And then there's a dance floor so that there's community involvement and you can come share your music, share your art with others, dance, listen to these new artists that you maybe haven't heard before and artists that you're already familiar with. And then there's a shop, of course, where you can browse all of the latest Starburst products, purchase Starburst projects, and then be rewarded for purchasing those products because you get initiated into our very VIP exclusive newly launched VIPM Starburst Club that's going to be announced pretty soon. So every action that you take, you get a reward. And the reward is not like points for shopping somewhere. The reward means we want you to help co-create the future activations, the future of the brand with us. And this is where things get really interesting. There's so much good stuff there. You know, the the brand is such a fun brand and it, it almost feels like a fun friend, right? Who says, hey, come with me over here. And, and let me show you this new space and what the future is going to be. And then, hey, like we're earning cool things here. And mm-hmm. I'm just curious to like, I think that's such a, you know, for brands who can introduce new experiences and bring customers to the kind of the future. I just think it adds so much to brand value. And I know it, it's 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 not the best type of, it, it is the best type of brand value, but it's not the best type of brand value in terms of quantifying and measuring. Um, the, the increase, but am I seeing that right? Do you, do you, do you believe that as well? 100%. We all play a part in the ecosystem. Our brands are not necessarily the serious financial brands or the serious, I don't know, technology brands that we've seen participate in the space. And it takes all kinds in order to move this forward for mass adoption, for people to understand what's possible. I do think that It works for a lot of people. The light, jovial, creative, passion-filled experience works. If you want to learn about something new, it's helpful to learn about it in a fun, new way. And speaking about fun, new ways, there's one part of the Juicyverse experience we haven't really discussed yet, and that is the game. So you're in a metaverse, and then you can walk up to a vending machine. And the vending machine is meant to be um, a digital twin of something that you already are familiar with in the physical world. So now we're starting to talk about fidgetal because we have a digital experience of a physical one. And the idea of the game is that it's called Lost in Space. So it's a UX game where it's meant to be really simple where you find lost items in space. And by finding those items, you're rewarded. The really interesting thing here for brand people is without disclosing too much information, it might be possible to take that game and take that digital vending machine and see that in the physical world. Mm. And because this product is on chain, now if I play the game, I win, the vending machine knows who I am and my identity my actions are rewarded on chain and I can receive something in the physical world, not just in the digital world. So you can connect those experiences. 
So cool. And, and what a fun game, right? And I think a big part of this is brands have such a great presence physically and digitally. And I think the, the, the confluence of bringing those two things together are, are, are really important. Like, like I, I just, I can't see a future where my interactions with a brand are separated. Like, like they're going to, they're going to, they're going to be, you know, merged between those two. And that, that's what consumers want. Um, is, is, is that, is that kind of like the purpose and, and the reason why y- you guys structured it that way? It's definitely an evolution where we saw an opportunity where it could live in the physical world. Not everyone is going to experience the brand online. Not everyone's going to experience the brand IRL, but by offering both, now we've just reached way more people. And for our listeners who are brand managers or who are involved in the CPG space, this is one of those opportunities that you find in your business. Where are people at online and you meet them there? Yeah. A simple browser, you don't need a headset, you can access on your phone, your tablet, any device, and it's the same exact experience. Or if you show up IRL and you see this really futuristic looking machine that has a lost in space game on it that allows you to receive something and then that leads you then into a metaverse experience perhaps now you've just closed the gap now you've made things more accessible for people and you've given them something that's valuable rather than just a coupon or rather than just something for free you're giving them something that they can use in real life and and that's kind of what's TBD will be announced soon that um, you'll be hearing from the brand. It's really exciting. And, you know, yeah. I just can't see a future where the rewards that you're getting from a brand are just these points that are, you know, largely just monetary. Right. I, I think that the best rewards brands can offer are experiences, are access to special things. And, and, and just like, there's so many good things brands can offer that don't necessarily cost them like exact dollars and are more valuable to customers. And I, I think the world of just issuing just individual points and then calling that, hey, this is how we do you know, loyalty and rewards. I think, that's, I think that's the way of the past, right? And um, I, I love hearing that from you. And I'm curious to, to your thoughts on the types of rewards that are, are, that are, that are exciting to, to customers. And, and, and you mentioned one of them, which is the ability to participate in product design or participate in, in creation of, of, of um, of a product or or flavor is that right like are the the exciting benefits ahead of us structured that way or or, or am i just wrong and, and, and are people just really wanting points i don't think people want points at all matthias or at least speaking for myself i certainly don't want just points co-creation is one of the most important elements of web3 and web3 isn't existing in a silo it's not something a channel that's over there web3 is this moment in time it's the evolution of where we are right now so let's kind of demystify that right we we evolve in technology we evolve in brand building we evolve in as brand managers so what are those utilities that you're talking about the co-creation aspect web3 allows that one-to-one relationship you as a brand can be in every person's pocket, wallet, mind, heart. You don't need as many middle channels, middle platforms as you used to. That one-to-one relationship now means what do you really expect from your consumers, from your shoppers, and what do they expect from you? It's a very easy line of communication to be in someone's pocket that closely. 
So I can now say, hey, Matias, what's the next flavor for Starburst you might like to see? What's a campaign or a cause that you might care about? What does your life look like where the brand can show up and help? And I'm in your pocket. I'm that close to you to have that one-to-one relationship where the brand doesn't exist out there. The brand exists within you and your own personal lifestyle. That type of of participation is so important. And I I think that is going to be even increasingly important. You know, we had um, the folks from Liquid Death on and he had shared a a really interesting uh, story with me where one of the benefits they offered was helping them kind of navigate a challenge that the business was dealing with. And I was like, what an interesting benefit, right? Like, hey, we're, you know, we're, we're trying to go into international waters. How, how do you think we should do that? And, and just being able to participate alongside the brand and, and in your case, creating a new flavor, it, it not only makes you feel rewarded, but it makes you feel like the brand is you and, and you are a part of the brand. So it, it is just such a cool, cool, cool thing. And um, I love it. I mean, there's brands and, and Starburst is one of them that, that I absolutely love. And I, I want to be more connected with them. And, uh, you know, having that one-to-one relationship is, is, is really, really great. And um, I would ask myself, what brands in the world do I engage with? Do I interact with? It's the brands that I feel like I've been involved with that heard my point of view, that take me into consideration, that see me in my lifestyle. And I'm reflected in that brand. I think that's a human need. So where our brands can meet human needs, we see massive adoption. We see a massive change in that brand equity and that brand affinity, that household penetration that we all talk about. But there's even more utility perhaps that we haven't even gotten to yet. And that's personalization and customization that the world of Web3 opens up because of the data possibilities. I think perhaps brand managers maybe aren't aware of the rich data opportunities that exist within Web3 and particularly by having an NFT that lives in someone's pocket in their digital wallet means that you have access to really rich data. And it's not the age of access to data is kind of over. The age of what are you going to do with that data is where we are. So my brand utility might look very different than yours because of the technology we have now through Web3 and NFTs means that Breezy's rewards look very different and customized and personalized to Breezy. I can imagine a world where I drop a QR code on Matias's NFT and I say, hey, Matias, thanks for being a massive fill in the blank of your favorite artist. Here's here's a QR code that gives you access to Madison Square Garden. Go enjoy a concert on Starburst. Go enjoy a concert on this brand. Go enjoy this experience on us. And we're not saying that the world needs to be a fan of this artist. We're saying we know you. We know you personally, Matias, and we know you're a fan of us. So because of that relationship, here's a really rich reward for you. It makes so much sense. And, you know, we go to all these conferences and I know it's the conferences that marketing leaders go to and you hear talk tracks about the futures, the future reward programs are going to have more variety in terms of rewards, right? And they're not just going to be monetary and there'll be things that are not, not monetary rewards uh, packaged up. And then you also hear that, Hey, the future is going to be personalized and there's going to be a level of personalization. And, and sometimes they pin that to big data or sometimes they pin that to like AI. But 
you know, both of these things fit perfectly and, and NFTs and digital assets are, are just a vehicle that can deliver both those things, right? They can provide mm -hmm. you, they, they can uncover that, hey, you are a fan of this artist, or they can uncover that you are a fan of the brand and this is the type of things that you like. And then also they can deliver you those benefits in a very personalized and, and kind of expanded way. So I guess my question is, is if digital assets and NFTs can do this, and this is the direction everyone wants to go in, what, what do you think is kind of holding it up? I mean, and uh, I'm just curious to your thoughts on w w why not yet adopted at the degree that you would think knowing how beneficial it can be. I think the media, for sure. I think that some of the news that we've heard as it relates to cryptocurrencies and skewed stories within the media really has instilled a lot of fear in people. So if we think about where does that fear come from and why is the world afraid to participate in this technology, it could be that something so revolutionary that really can change the fabric of brands, of society, of how we shop, of how we do business, could be a little threatening to current structures in our world. And so it makes perfect sense to me that we're here right now. It makes perfect sense to me that something that is this powerful can also come with a lot of fear and that the media has done a really good job at showcasing the stories of bad actors or things that have gone wrong. The media hasn't done such a good job of showing all of the things that have gone right, which is why your podcast is so important to showcase and put a spotlight on all of the things that do go right. So we continue to share these stories and then put good examples and good use cases out into the world. We continue to see that mass adoption, regardless if, if we tell the world it's an NFT or not. We use the technology because the technology is good. That's right. And I, I agree with you. I, I do think the media has not been helpful. And I often say that it would be better if there was no current position on this technology. Um, I'd, I'd be happy to start from zero, <laughs> um, but we're not starting from zero. We're starting from there have been bad actors. And yeah, so I don't think the media has been helpful, but I also do think that the bad actors have been real. And, and when there are bad actors, you know, the media is going to highlight those, those bad actors. Um, and I also agree with you that the more examples and the more just like, you know, the more brands that participate and show how powerful this can all be, it's going to just, then the media stuff becomes a, a, a kind of a non, a mood issue, right? Mm -hmm. um, but I like taking responsibility for things. And I think that, you know, I think a part of the path forward has to be making the technology easier, right? I think at, at Ethos, we're on a mission here to make this technology as easy as possible, because we think that that's a way to help elevate customer engagement and, and, and to drive adoption. So uh, just curious to your thoughts, because I, I think that there needs to be a, a paradigm shift on how simple this how simple it is to engage with this technology to the point where, you know, my mom can do it and she doesn't even know this is a digital asset. I'm curious to your thoughts on, you know, the state of the technology and, um, and if you agree that, that it needs to get, um, you know, not one times easier, but maybe 10 or a hundred times easier. Oh, absolutely. But you have been pioneering the way forward with that. The world of seed, seed phrases and memorizing a, a long seed phrase are, are gone and over for sure. Um, I think a lot of being in people's wallets really helps with that technology. Demystifying a headset really helps with that technology. Um, the, the simplification of wallets and wallet technology really helps as well. And then beyond that, I, I think the more that we can make on-chain experiences 
have fewer barriers to entry will also help, which means we also need to have a conversation around data and data privacy and what that means um, and help people understand how their data is going to be used. Because I think we've all been in this era of data collection and, and fears around data privacy, but we haven't yet really cracked the code on how is your data actually being used? What does it mean for you? If, if we collect this, you get something in return and that's an easier life and that's more value and benefits to your life. How do we articulate that to our consumers? That, that really helps crack the code with making the tech a lot easier because then you yeah. get more people on board. Yeah, for sure. I think that's a really good point. You know, I'll often hear someone say to me, Matthias, I hear you on these benefits. I hear you on the delighting of customer of how this can delight customers. And they'll say, well, why, why even use blockchain? Like, like why not just like do what you're doing, but without blockchain? And, and, and I'm, I always defend it because I know that this technology can, can, can ultimately take us to a better place. And it, it, and it, and it touches on the things that, it, and it touches on the things that you just mentioned. Like, I do think that if we use blockchain as the underlier for this, it, does help with um, privacy, right? It, it does help for sure with privacy and it helps consumers opt in rather uh, rather than having to opt out, which is a, a way better experience. And it also allows for people to like gain access to experiences that may not have been built by the the issuer or, or the creator of, of, of the digital asset. And I think if you put those two things together, plus the other reasons for blockchain, it, it, it is better for the end, end user and it is better for them today and it's better for them into the future. I'm just curious on your thoughts, like, and, and just to like, you know, kind of have the question on like, why blockchain for this? And, 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 and would you defend blockchain in the way that I would? I would. And I think I'd go a little bit further and ask people, has off-chain been working for you? In whatever area of business you're in, are you happy with the current experience? Are you happy with your current level of banking, of your financial literacy, of the financial tools that exist? Are you happy with your current shopping experiences? Are you happy with the tools to build your businesses? Are you happy with the current education system, medical system? Are you happy with that? If yes, then great. But if not, on-chain gives you a new path forward through all of these sectors and through all of these industries. That's what makes it really important. The other, authenticity, validation, being able to understand exactly what people have done. Here's a really easy example that I remember thinking about before. Back in the day, if if I'm a parent and my child was going on a date with a new person, I think back in the day, back in the day, years ago, you used to like look their name up on a phone book or something and look through like library of records and see if there was like a physical record of someone to understand who you were getting into or if your child was going to be safe. And then today in the world, you might look at that person's Instagram or you might Google them, but how real is someone's Instagram profile? How authentic is their social media? How do you really know who someone is just by Googling them and seeing the facade that they've put out into the world? So on-chain allows you to validate how someone has actually performed in the world. Like, what did this person actually click on? What did they actually purchase? Where did they actually go? And what becomes more real than that? 
So if I'm a brand and I want to understand what people actually do versus sending them a survey and asking them what their favorite flavor is, wouldn't I just want to see what they actually spend their money on, where you've actually clicked, what you've actually done? If I sell a piece of really expensive artwork or a luxury good, wouldn't I want to validate and authenticate that it's the real thing versus having to deal with scammers and potential fraud? Absolutely not. And that's what we can do on chain. It's really interesting way you put that in. It makes so much sense, right? Because at the end of the day, the more we can authenticate that this is a real customer and they performed these real actions, the more you can deliver them increasingly better benefits, right? Because if I know, if I'm a car company and I know that you've bought this vehicle and the one before this and the one before this, and you plan to buy the next one, that's a different customer than someone who just walked in onto the lot, right? So it, it is really, it, it's an interesting way that you put it, but it really kind of highlights the point that it does provide a level of authentic authenticity that will drive just better, like just a better digital ecosystem in general. I think so. I also imagine a world where I can use IP on chain in new and interesting ways. Like I happen to work for chocolate brands. I wonder what the world might look like if we invite people to create chocolate cafes utilizing some of our brand IP. I heard you give an example earlier of Liquid Death. What would the world look like if Liquid Death sold an NFT, allowed the IP to be used, and then they could create different cafes of flavored water or water plus something else? Maybe a plant shop that utilizes Liquid Death water and sells plants from their, from their water, utilizing that IP and on-chain we validate that they were indeed an NFT holder, that this is indeed a proper use of the IP. And now this brand, Liquid Death, or one of our chocolate brands, has expanded revenue, has expanded household penetration, has expanded to become in the hearts and minds of consumers, and moved into different categories, different verticals. Your brands are making more money. You're in more households. You're, o- you're opening up the world to new entrepreneurs and new business ventures. It's on chain. It's it's so interesting, and and it's it's clearly like I can't imagine a world in ten years from now where you know the way I'm interacting with a brand is through a Facebook ad. Like it's just like Mm -hmm. that's not going to happen, right? And the way you're describing it, it is the direction this is going. And you know, it may be fifty percent right, or seventy percent right, or a hundred percent right, but it's not wrong. Like the way brands interact with their customers. in the like going like like into the future is going to be different than the way they interact with them today and and the world's becoming more digital and i do think that like i do think the world gets optimized in the sense that blockchain is good for people and if it's good for people and it's good for brands it will get adopted over time so i'm excited to see all that come to life and you know i don't know if we can even like think of the really exciting ones that will come to to be but you know opening up and sharing and and, and creating these joint experiences and, and and just making that ecosystem vibrant is going to be just such a cool thing to, to see uh, come to life. Love it. I guess a question I'd have for you, uh, Breezy, is 
I, I get it like on the long term, like, like on the long term, this is better, right? I think what's going to get us there are kind of like short term, like in the short term are examples, right? And, and, and that's why I'm so such a fan of what you've done with Starburst and, and the Juicyverse and all the work that you're doing. What do you think, like, what else does it take? Like, is it just examples and the, the technology getting easier? Or what, what, what do brands have to do in the short term to help get us there in the long term? Consistency, consistent dedication to moving in this direction, consistent messaging, the social media posts reminding people that this exists, reminding people that we're here, reminding people that we're doing things that offer value for them. That's the short term. The short term is that we start to show up in more spaces online and in the physical world utilizing this technology be it perhaps in store on a vending machine on some websites that you go to daily on secondary marketplaces with that same consistent messaging we're here we're staying here and we're going to change the future yeah it's it's you know it's you said this earlier i think it's all about meeting the customers where they are and the here you're talking about the customers are there right like like they're all there already so I, I think you're absolutely right and i think it's it, it's going to take brands like yours to and, and you're, you're doing the work of, of being where they are and showing them these really great examples and i think enough of that and and again like i like taking responsibility for some of this stuff like and making the technology easier and easier and easier and then creating such a, a creating so many ways for brands to provide great benefits i think you put that all together and, and and it's going to be a world where the way my son interacts with brands in the future is not going to be a paid ad that you know that brand did on on instagram right it's going to be you know a co-creation or uh, an access to an event or a product that they want him his 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 views on or or, or access for him to buy something that you know has been sold out and those types of things. So I'm, I'm really excited about the future. And, and again, thank you so much for the work that you're doing. Just in closing, I don't know if you'd want to add anything for brand leaders thinking about activating and, and doing a campaign and, and kind of dipping their toe into this water. What, what would you tell them? I would tell them that this is the future and we need to build our brands starting today for the world you want tomorrow. There's no fear in doing something on chain and doing something with this technology. In fact, it opens you up to way more possibilities. The other thing I would say is please do something authentically. You know, we were dabbling in the space, not to formal in, but to do, do so through authenticity, which means understanding your brand DMS, understanding your core brand compass, and every step you take along this journey of making sure that it's aligned with that brand compass. Partnerships are always welcomed within the space, and it can be a really helpful way to dip your toe in as a brand manager. Awesome. Well, we'll leave it at that. Really powerful uh, ending, and really appreciated the the insights and time, Breezy. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a joy to be here with you. Thanks for having me on. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks for tuning into this episode. If you enjoyed, please make sure to give us a rating and follow us on whatever platform you listen from. Thanks again for listening. Take care.